Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. I want you guys to engage with me through the message and if you can lift up your right hand I want to say a quick prayer and I want you guys to help me pray this prayer amen and just lift up your voice as loud as you can amen pastor Rafa loves loud amen so say with me Lord Jesus I pray that you will destroy any spiritual opposition that is operating against us and against your kingdom at this time allow today's word to be planted so deep within my heart get rid of our distraction get rid of our doubt unbelief and I pray Lord that you would release faith that you would release power and that you would release love over every single one of us this afternoon father in your name we pray amen are y'all ready? Are y'all ready? Amen. So last week I was looking at the, at the video where Pastor Brian was preaching and he did an awesome job preaching the word that he does like he usually does. Amen. And uh, he was talking to you guys a little bit about um, the, the parables of Jesus, the kingdom parables of Jesus. And I really like how he mentioned that in the first 12 chapters of Matthew, we see where it talks about the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus, and the purpose of Jesus, right? But in chapter 13, say with me, all of a sudden everything starts to change. Amen? I don't hear you guys. Are you awake? Yeah, y'all didn't have enough barbacoa or menudo this morning? Yeah. Okay, so, so, so he was talking about this, and in chapter 13, say with me, his language began to change. The way he was, he was talking to the people, all of a sudden began to change. And Pastor Brian was talking about the levels. And one of the, the levels we see is when people come to get a blessing or come to get a miracle or come to have a powerful encounter. But you know what? Once we receive a blessing, once we receive a breakthrough, once we receive an encounter with the Lord, there's other levels. Can you say with me another level? There's deeper levels in God and the Lord starts talking here and starting in Matthew 13, he starts mentioning about a level of lordship, a level of commitment, a level of stewardship, another level of serving and another level of submission to the purposes of God. In other words, you're here, and when you first encounter Jesus, you have this love encounter with him, and he changes you, and he transforms your lives, and the miracle and the transformation that he brought into your family, into your personal life, just impacts you. See, but let me tell you, there's more. Just when you thought it couldn't get better, say with me, there's more. There's more, amen? And, and there's another level of commitment, of responsibility, of, of, of purpose, of stewardship that the Lord wants you to have. He doesn't want you to have a relationship with him only on Sundays, but he wants a commitment with him every single day. And Jesus begins to talk about another level where we completely submit to those plans and to those purposes that he has for us, amen? Not to submit under our own plans, 
or submit under our own purposes, but under his purposes. And see, he wants us to get to a level where it no longer is about convenience, but now it's about commitment. Can you tell the person next to you, hey, can you commit to the Lord? Can it, and it don't only come because of convenience, but come because you're being committed to the Lord. Amen? That, that changes. When you're in a relationship, amen, you can automatically see if that other person is committed to you or not. Amen? You know it right away. And when you're in that relationship and when you really love that person, what happens when you don't see commitment? You're like, bye, Felicia. Amen. You don't want to stay there and see the, the Lord. He loves us so much. He created us. He formed us. And he wants us to have another level of relationship. And see, for a lot of people, it wasn't convenient to probably come to church right now, uh, midday, noon. And you say, you know what? I, I have other things to do. Uh, they should have church at 9 a.m. like they do over there in Del Rio. Yeah. See, but, but it's at noontime, and for some people, it's not very convenient, but you see, you, you came here anyways, although it wasn't very convenient, although you could have been hanging out with other people in other places, you decided to be here in the house of God. Why? Because your relationship with God wasn't based on convenience, but it was based, it's based on commitment. Amen. It's based on commitment. I had someone over there in Del Rio that said, Pastor Rafa, that word really spoke to me. I got up like at 9.15. Mind you, the, the service starts at 9. And she said, I wanted to go back to sleep again. But I said, no, you know what? I'm going to go to church. What does that show you? Commitment. Yeah, a little bit late. But you know what? She said, I'm going to go anyways. Commitment. Amen. We, we have to be going into another level with the Lord. And when that other level starts happening and starts occurring, everything in our life is going to change. God doesn't want you just to be blessed one hour or, or an hour and a half on a Sunday. He wants you to be blessed every single day. He's called rivers of living water to start flowing in the inside of you every single day. You know, some people didn't feel like worshiping maybe right now because they felt the weight of the burdens that they had to carry throughout the, the week. And they said, I don't feel like worshiping right now. But there's something that happened in the inside of you that rose up and said, you know what? I'm just going to do it anyways. Why? Because you understand that your relationship with Jesus isn't based on feeling. It's not based on anything else or convenience, but it's based on commitment. Can you, can you say that with me? My relationship with Jesus is based on commitment and nothing else. Amen. Why? Because he loves me and he loves you and he loves every single one of us. And when we started lifting up our hands, we started feeling the presence of God and deliverance coming forth. Why? Because the Lord saw the commitment that you had. Amen. He saw the commitment and breakthrough started coming into your family. So I want you to, to elbow your neighbor really hard and tell him, hey, no, no, come on, you can go harder than that. Just don't break their arms, okay? I tell them, get ready. Because your commitment with God, through the preaching of the word of God, is gonna take you to the next level, if you let it to, if you allow it to, amen? If you allow it to, it's gonna take you to another level. So let's look at Matthew chapter 13, verse 24 to 30. 
and when you're there, you can say amen. <laughs> Just kidding. People don't carry their Bibles anymore, right? We have it in our phones. So anyways, 24, it says, another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed, say with me, good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? Tares are weeds. And then he said, an enemy has done this because I didn't plant that. And the servant said to him, do you want us then to go up and gather them up? But he said, no, wait a while, because if you gather the tares, you will also uproot the wheat with them and let them both grow together until the harvest at the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares and bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Amen? Okay, so I, one of the things that I really love about Jesus is that Jesus makes the gospel simple. His message is simple. Amen? And one of the things about the parable, what is a parable? Parable is literally a story that Jesus is using to get a point across. And what he's doing is that these stories are comparing something familiar with something unfamiliar to them. And back then they were so used to the, being familiar with growing in their, in their fields, in their crops, okay? So he said, you know what, I'm gonna use this and I'm gonna talk to them about the wheats and about the tares. And Jesus with his simplistic way of doing things, he started mentioning these stories where they can relate to the kingdom of God through this parable right here. And he helps us understand spiritual truth by using everyday objects, everyday relationships. See, say with me, the gospel is simple. Amen, it's not hard, it's not complicated, it's simple, and the Lord uses these parables and these stories so he can put things in a way where we can understand them, and he compels listeners to discover truth, while at the same time, he's concealing the truth from those who are too lazy or too stubborn to see it. So tell your neighbor, don't be lazy. Don't be stubborn. Listen, okay? Because to those who are honestly searching for truth, you will find truth, and the word of God mentions that the truth will set you free. Amen, so I believe that we're in a place, in a season, in a time where we need the truth to come in and begin to do something in the inside of our hearts, amen? And, 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 and we need to understand that the things and the plans that the Lord has for us are plans of good and not of wickedness. Amen, that his plans go above and beyond all that we can think of. So Jesus gives the meaning of this parable in verses 36 to 43. And all the parables in this chapter, Jesus begins to teach about God and about his kingdom. And they explain what the kingdom is really like as opposed to what we expect the kingdom to be. Amen? See, a lot of the times we think God is a certain way, but when you go into the word of God, it's not like that. 
Amen? Sometimes we think that we're walking in truth, but when we go before the mirror of the word of God, we see that when we think that we're correct, the word of God challenges us and it tells us, you know what? You need to align yourself because you're walking crooked. You need to align yourself because you're not walking straight. So say with me, we need the word of God. We need his word to come and bring the correction. And here he explains what the kingdom is really like as opposed to our expectations of it. The kingdom of heaven, I want you to understand this, it's not a geographic location. The kingdom of heaven is a spiritual realm. Amen? The kingdom of heaven is a spiritual realm where God rules and where we share in his eternal life. We join that kingdom... You know when we join that kingdom? When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Amen? As our Lord and Savior. The moment you do that, you enter into the kingdom. You are born again. You are created again. And you are made a new creation, a new creature. There, there's a renewing that happens when you come into the kingdom. And see, when the Lord talks in, in these parables, he's alerting us about certain things. He's putting red flags up so that we can be mindful and alert about the things that he wants us to actually do. So he starts off in chapter 13, verse 24, by saying that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed, what kind of seed? <clears throat> what kind of seed? Good seed, right? So say with me, the Lord sowed good seed. And in, 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 third, in verse 37, it reveals to us that the sower, the one who plants the good seed, is the son of man. Say with me, Jesus. Jesus. He plants good seed. Now, I want you to understand this. In John chapter 1, verse 1 to 5, it says, in the beginning, say with me, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Amen? So I, I want you to understand this because Jesus is the word made flesh. Yes or no? Amen? He's the word made flesh. And see, you have to understand that Jesus himself is a seed. And he came to die. Amen? When the seed has to die. It has to be buried. And then it springs up its fruit. So Jesus, say with me, is a seed. And he's a producer of seeds. So it says that all things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. Verse four says, in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not understand or comprehend it. So in the first verses of Matthew 13, one to 23, the word of God is compared to a seed. Amen? Say with me, the word of God, word of God. is compared to a seed. The word of God is a seed. When I'm preaching the word of God, guess what I'm doing in the spiritual realm? I'm releasing seeds all over the place. Amen. I'm releasing seeds of the word of God. So understand that the word of God, Jesus himself is a seed. In creation, in Genesis chapter one, what happened? God spoke. What did he speak? His word. Okay, he spoke his word and John says all things were created by him 
and for him. Amen. The word. So the moment that God releases the word, releases the seed, things began to get formed. Amen. So from the beginning of time, we see that the Lord is sowing into the field of creation, uh, of this world, into creation. And in Genesis 1, we see that God created the light. And when he saw the light, he said something. He said, that light is really good. He created the earth and the sea. He looked back at it and he said, hey, that looks really good. God created the grass, the trees, the sun, the moon, and the stars. He looked back at it and he said, wow, what a masterpiece. It's good. Open up your Bibles to Genesis 1 and you'll see constantly where the Lord created something. And then he said, it's good. And with this, I want you to understand Based on Genesis 1, 31, it states that God saw everything. Say with me, everything. He saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very, very good. I want you to understand that everything that the Lord creates is good. Amen? Turn to your neighbor. You're good. You're good. Tell him you're good. See, when you have the revelation of the kingdom of God, you have to recognize and acknowledge that everything that God creates is good. Amen? Pastor, I don't know what you're saying, but my spouse doesn't look very good. I know what you're saying, but these kids right now don't look like very good seed. See? A lot of people are probably asking themselves, okay, Pastor Rafa, if God is so good, then why does evil exist in this world? Pastor Rafa, if God is so good, why did I go through what I went through? Why did this happen to me? Why did I cry? Why uh, did they break me down and break my self-esteem down? Why? And you have all these questions, but you see the parable, th this parable says that the sower planted, say with me, good seed. And the word of God says that every good and perfect gift comes from, abo uh, from above, from the father of lights, amen? He created everything good. And I want you to understand this and for it to soak into your spirit. But see, something happened when the men that were taking care of the field fell asleep. Say with me, something happened when the men fell asleep. See, while they fell asleep, the enemy came and he sowed tares. For those of you guys who don't know what tares are, they're nasty weeds that all of a sudden grew. And see, back then, it, it was something very common for them to see in an agricultural setting. And they were sowing tares or these weeds in someone else's wheat field. And that was a way of fighting someone. Yeah, because they depended, their livelihood depended on their crops on their harvest. So see, if they had an enemy, you know what the enemy would do? At the time that they were planting, they would come and they would throw a whole bunch of seeds of wheat, I'm sorry, of weeds, and they would throw it so that their fields would be gone and completely go to waste. And they said, you know what? I'm gonna mess with you. I'm gonna throw my seeds and mess up your crops. Yeah, that, that, that was back then. They didn't have Facebook or Instagram, okay? So, so they threw seeds to damage the crops and it damaged the livelihood. And imagine they wanted to destroy the food that a family ate and they had a real enemy. In order to do that, you have to be really mean. 
in order to destroy the livelihood of a person and the income, what feeds a family, you have to be really, really wicked in order to do that. And let me tell you something, the devil isn't playing any games. He's wicked, he's aggressive, and he wants to throw these seeds that are gonna mess up our fields. And we see it here, okay? We see it here that all of a sudden the enemy plays dirty, but we can learn a lesson from this. Say with me, I'm gonna learn a lesson today. Do you remember when God planted the Garden of Eden? That, that was a very good seed that the Lord planted, a very beautiful seed, the Garden of Eden, a very perfect atmosphere, a very perfect place, and see, Adam and Eve were enjoying it, and they were having a blast until they fell asleep. Pastor Rafa, can you give me a, a biblical reference as to how they fell asleep if I never have read that before? Yeah, Adam fell asleep, but God was making Eve, and that's the only way, the, the only thing that I've read in the Bible. But see, falling asleep is this. When you fall asleep, it means that you're no longer attentive or alert. You start getting inactive. They, start listen, they, they started listening to the wrong voices, to the voices that allowed the voice of truth to get drowned out of their lives. So see, something happens whenever our ears start listening and start focusing on those things that are not correct or not right. So we, we see that all of a sudden the enemy comes and he wants to destroy and Adam and Eve started listening and the voice of the enemy started seducing Adam and Eve and they started listening to that and all of a sudden their discernment because of listening to the wrong voice became unattentive, unalert, and inactive. All of a sudden, their defenses fell to the ground. They fell to the ground because they started listening to the wrong voices, and eventually, you know what happened? They became spiritually dead, allowing the terrors of sin to enter into the world. They allowed the enemy to plant the tares and weeds in their spirits the moment they let their guard down and started listening to something that contradicted the word of God. Listen, church, you don't need another motivational speech. You need to listen to the word of God. You don't need to live your life based on the opinions of your own self or the opinions of other people, but you need to live a life that is based and founded on the principles of the word of God. See, like I said earlier, the enemy isn't playing any games. The war is real and the enemy wants to destroy your livelihood. He wants to destroy your joy. He wants to destroy your happiness, your family. He wants to divide and conquer and bring division amongst the people of Christ, amongst your family members. He wants to do that because he wants to come to destroy. But you know, the word of God in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it, it it says something very powerful. It says, be sober, be vigilant, Vi vigilant, there we go, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, okay? But what does it say at the beginning? Be what? Be drunk. Yeah, let's get drunk faster. No. It says, be sober. Say with me, be sober, be vigilant. 
be on your guard. Say with me, be on my, I'm going to be on my guard. You know what to be sober is? To be sober is to not be drunk. What happens whenever a person is drunk? Can someone tell me the ex-drunkards here? What happens when someone's drunk? I know we have a few experts. From the past, not right now. Amen? What happens when a person is drunk? When a person is drunk, something happens, see? When a person is drunk, they start losing their senses. They're not 100% mentally there. Amen? That's why all of a sudden you start seeing that they're being shamed on social media. They're throwing up all over the, over the place. They're, they're dancing very awkwardly and funny. And people are laughing at them. See? Because they're not in their senses 100%. So since they're not 100% in their senses, bad people start taking advantage of them. So that's why all of a sudden you see that they're being shamed on social media. The next morning they wake up and guess what? Their, their wallet's gone. Their, 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 their personal belongings are gone. Their money's completely gone. Why? Because they got drunk. They partied too hard, and guess what happened? They, 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 they partied so hard, and they got so drunk that they lost their senses. They, they didn't even remember what happened last night. And you know what happens when people get so, so drunk sometimes? Some of them even get pregnant, and they don't realize that they had a relationship with someone during that drunk state. And guess what happens? They don't realize that they're pregnant until the seed starts manifesting. What am I telling you with all of this? That the word of God is telling you, be sober, be alert. And see church, you have to understand that we have to wake up. Can you tell your neighbor, wake up? You have to be alert. You have to be on guard. And see, this might be crazy to some people, but you actually have to know your Bible. Not, it, it, the pastor shouldn't be the only one knowing his Bible. The leader shouldn't be the only one knowing their Bible is a worship team. Amen? I, it, it's your responsibility to know the word of God. And you have to take the word of God seriously and see that field that Jesus was referring to in the parables is this world. Amen? He was talking about this world. And we have many good seeds around us. We have people like you. Amen? Really good seeds. But you have to understand that we also have some very wicked seeds that are around us. Amen? Some very wicked seeds that come to try to destroy. And we have the good and we have the bad growing next to each other. But see, I want to tell you something. Man was given authority by God to guard and protect the earth. He gave you the authority, man, woman of God. He gave you the authority to protect, to govern. So going back to the, to the question that I previously said, if God is so good, why does he allow evil and wickedness? Why? Because men fell asleep. Men stopped reading the word of God. People, men and women of God, they stopped getting into the truth that will truly set themselves and their families and their communities completely free. So God gave you the authority. He made earth our responsibility. Can you say that with me? God gave me 
the responsibility over this earth, over my community, over my family, over my spouse, over my children. Do you feel the weight of this word? Yeah, good. Because you know what? He gave you the responsibility to make a change, to make a difference, to do something about the things that are happening inside of your life. And see, according to Genesis 1, 26 to 28, the Lord gave a commandment and he said, be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth. In other words, he's saying, hey, I've given you dominion. I've given you authority. You do something about this. You rise up and speak the truth so that the crooked things will begin to align once again. But see, we have to be sober and we have to be on our guard because if we don't take care of what God has given us, the weeds will come out. Evil things will begin to happen. Why? Because you didn't take care of what the Lord gave you. You didn't take care of the things that the Lord placed in your responsibility and the weeds started to come out and evil things began to happen. See, Satan opposes the kingdom by trying to snatch the word of God from the hearts of the people. But when that fails, he has other ways of attacking the people of God, the work of God. And I want you to understand this. The enemy, Satan, is an imitator. Es un falso. He, he, he's a false person, amen? He, he thinks he has all the authority, but in reality, listen to this. There's one who has greater authority than him. There's one who has conquered him. He thinks that he has you bound, amen? But the moment that the higher authority, the truth walks into your life, then something begins to happen and see if he can't allow you to flourish by yourself. He's going to bring the weeds and the tear in order to damage you and your family. See, that's when he begins to plant the false Christians. That's when he begins to plant the false growth and he starts introducing false doctrine. Do you know why so many families are being destroyed nowadays? They're being destroyed because the church is asleep. You know why so many young people are, being, are getting lost or being lost? Because the church is asleep. The church isn't walking in its full authority and its full power. And God wants to do something today. He wants to remind you that you have authority. That if you were brought into this world, it's to make a difference. And see, a lot of us don't understand, God, why is there so many wickedness around us? Why is there so many chaos around us? Why are these bad things happening around us? And we don't understand and we ask ourselves, God, why? And that's the question that all of us as human beings have. And even now as Christians, we ask God, why? Why, God? But see, the word of God, is, it tells us that it is necessary for evil and good to coexist, and it will coexist all of these times until harvest time. When harvest time comes, the Lord is going to divide the wheat from the weeds or the tear. Are y'all with me? But for now, you're going to have to put up with the tears. For now, you're going to have to put up with the wicked ones. For now, you're going to have to put up with the people that don't believe the same thing that you believe. For now, 
You're gonna have to put up with a person that persecutes you. For now, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to be able to withstand a lot of things that you might not like. But it is necessary because according to this parable, good and bad will coexist until harvest time. So can someone say, "Wake up, wake up," because we still have a time to make a difference. If you woke up this morning, it's because the Lord is giving you more time to make a difference. And in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 14, the word of the Lord says something powerful. It says, awake, you who are sleeping, you who are asleep, awake, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. But he's calling out to his people, and he says, hey, I'm giving you a wake-up call. I'm telling you, this isn't a game. Everything that we're seeing around the world, it it seems chaotic and people get really depressed over the news when they're watching it. But the reality of the things uh, is that we have to go through these things. It's necessary for us to go through these things and it's written in the word of God. And see, a lot of people think that it's already the end, but this is just the beginning of the end. Amen? This is just the beginning. We used to have more time. But you know what? I have good news. Amen? Divine judgment will come at the end. Pastor, how is that good news? Can you say with me? Divine judgment will come at the end. How is that good news? Because divine judgment isn't coming right now. It's coming at the end. You know why? Because God is patient with you. And he's patient with me. And he's patient with other people. And you know what he's giving us? He's giving us the gift of time. The time to repent. The time to align ourselves with the word of God. See, divine judgment will come, say with me, at the end. Not immediately. Say with me, he's giving me more time. He's giving you more time. Amen. He's giving all of us more time. And see, there's some things that we all have to work through and work out, and there's some things that we know that are wrong that we have to fix, but he's giving you the time right now through this message. He's letting you know, hey, fix your life. You still have time. The time is now, not mañana, because you know what? As as Latinos, uh, Mexican, uh, Latino community, a lot of the times we have the mañana syndrome. I'll do that mañana. I'll I'll do that tomorrow. Okay, tomorrow I'll do that, and then a year later, and you're still saying mañana, tomorrow. I mean, it's true, right? It's true, but see, the time is now when we have to align ourselves with the word of God because you don't know if tomorrow you're gonna be alive or not. You don't even know if in an hour or two hours you're gonna be alive alive or not, but the time is now. And see, we live in a world that is filled with sin, but the Lord is calling his people to not be conformed to this world. He's calling you to go against the current. In John 17, 14 to 16, it says, I have given them your word and the, word has, the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of this world. You know what Jesus is saying here? He's saying they hate them because they have your word. Father, they hate them because there's a word that they have in the inside of them and they're releasing And Jesus said, they hate them because they are not of this world, just like I'm not of this world. And verse 15, it says, I do not pray that you should take them out of this world. Listen, he does not pray for God to take us out of this world. He says, but that you should keep them 
from the evil one. They are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. Listen, Jesus is saying they have to stay there. I'm not praying for you to remove them. I'm praying for you, Lord. He was praying to his father. And Jesus was saying, I'm praying that you protect them. Amen. Why, why did God place you in this world? Why did God place you in this earth? Oh, pastor, he placed me so I can suffer. No. Because the world wouldn't be the same without you. You know what Jesus said? Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And what happens when there is no light? People can't see, people stumble and fall. Yeah? But when the light gets into a room, you start seeing exactly where you're going. And you know why God placed the church and God placed you? Because you are the church. He placed you to be a light, a beacon of light, a beacon of hope, a beacon of encouragement, a beacon of power, a beacon of love, of faith, a beacon that will go above the currents of this world. And, and the Lord said, you know what? I, I don't pray, Lord. I don't pray, Father, that you would remove them. I pray that you would keep them there, but I pray that you would protect them, that you would cover them. And, and, and see, the word of God, it makes this reference and it compares God to, to a, a hen that takes care of her eggs. And see, God is taking really good care of us. He's protecting us. He's over us. But see, church, we have to wake up because you have a purpose and the light in the inside of you the world has to see the word of God that I'm bringing to you today. There's other people out there that have to listen to this message. There are people out there who are waiting for you to bring the word of truth. And that's why Jesus doesn't want to remove you because you are a beacon of hope for the lost. You are the light to those that are in darkness. You are the answer to the prayer of someone that is praying for a divine miracle or a divine appointment with God. Listen, you are the answer. You are the answer and you are in this world and you are in a field that is filled with weeds and a lot of bad things and wicked things. But let me tell you something. You are here to make a difference in someone's family, in someone's life, in someone's uh, children's life. Listen, you are the salt of the world according to the word of God. And what does salt do? What does it do? It gives flavor, see? Um, this past week, we were in San Antonio about two, three days with our son. And let me tell you something. Have you ever tried cafeteria food? Nasty. It has no flavor. I mean, it looks really good. And, and I, I, like the Philly cheesesteak sandwiches, man, they look delicious. And then you try them and you're like, oh, it needs a lot of salt. Amen. It's not, things are not the same with salt, without salt. Amen. So Listen. The Lord has planted you here to give flavor to this world. Amen? Yeah? Some of you are saying, Yo sé que Dios me mandó para mandar sabor a este mundo. Amen? I, I, know, I know God sent me to give some flavor to this world. And some of you, I have a little bit of extra flavor. Amen? But God sent you here anyways. Amen? See? So, so let me tell you something. The Lord has called you to, tr make, to truly make a big difference. And he said, I pray 
that you should not take them out of this world, but that you keep them there and that you would protect them from the evil one. I want you to understand something. You are protected despite the circumstances that are around you. The Lord has his favor and his grace upon you, the church of God. And see, and in Romans chapter 12, the word of God says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies dedicating all of yourselves and be set apart as a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God. Amen? And then in verse two, it says, and do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values or customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove to your, for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect plan and will of God. You wanna, you wanna taste God's goodness? You have to renew your mind. You have to change your mindset. And you have to understand you are in this world, but you're not like the world. Amen? You are in this world, but you're here to make a difference not to look like the world, not to do the things, amen, of sin that bring the wheat and bring the tear. Can you rise to your feet, please? Thank you, Jesus. And right there, just where you're at, if you can lift up your hands, and just focus on the Lord and, and say, Lord, I, I really need, I really need for you to awake me. The Lord is calling for us to, to be awakened in his spirit and in his presence. He's calling us to be renewed in our minds. And your strength is also going to be renewed today. There's some of you that were weak. There's some of you that needed strength. And that questioned a lot of things that God allowed inside of your life. But see, the purpose of this word is to let you know that you are in this world and you're not gonna come out of this world until harvest time. But there will come a time at the end where the Lord is gonna separate the wheat and the tear. And he's really gonna test our faith for the last time during harvest time. And my question to you is right now, do you feel like your wheat or are you tear? Are you weeds? What are you? What do you feel like you are? Compare yourself to the word of God. And let me tell you, if you're listening to this message today, it's because, because God wants to give you an opportunity to be able to repent and change your ways if you have to. So lift up your hands right there where you're at. And Father God, I pray for your remnant. I pray for your people. I pray for every single one of these amazing people, Lord, that you have called for such a time as this to listen to this word, to listen to this parable. Father God, I pray for the weak that you would strengthen them. Father, I pray for those that lost hope. Father God, for them to receive new hope inside of their lives. Father, we're living in a field, in a world filled with weeds and tares and a lot of things that we don't like and we dislike, Lord. But right now I pray that you would release favor 
favor and revelation of the true identity over your children. Let them know how valuable they are, Lord. Let them know how powerful they are in you, Lord. Let them know how they're called, Jesus, to make a big difference and a big impact inside of their lives. Father God, oh, Rabbi Kitanaman, say, come on, just worship him, just worship him. Just worship him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. <coughs> Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just praise him. Praise him right there. Lift up your prayer before the Lord. If you need to say, if you need to repent before him, just repent. Amen. Repenting isn't anything bad. It's something good that we all should do. All of us. Amen. Just lift up your prayer right there. Lift up your prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wake up, church. Don't silence your voice. People that are asleep, they can't have a conversation. Talk to God right now. Wake up. Wake up, church. Talk to your Father. Talk to the Lord. New strength and restoration right now. In Jesus' mighty name, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness, Father. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us. And a special thanks to those who have given to support this ministry. Without you, none of this is possible. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe and share it on social media. Thank you for listening. God bless you.